the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Give up any hope of making it relevant to the culture, of adapting to the latest fad. We don't have that right. It's not our church. And on the happier other hand, remember this, that the life or death of a church, the life or death of the Christian church does not depend on you. So there's no need to tinker with it or his message. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed by each and every one of you for choosing to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And as always, we encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith delivers another message from his sermon series entitled, Rethinking Church. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Master, we come before you. Our Lord is unworthy servants, who the best that we can say on any given day is that we've only done our duty. Father, we ask you today to uh, help us to be still, to put aside the distractions of the world, and to know that you are God, to listen to your word, to internalize it, and to apply it. Help me, Lord, not to say one word more than I need to, one word less than is necessary, and help me to be clear. Father, help us not to be merely hearers of the word, but doers. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, as Mark indicated, we start a series called Rethinking Church, devoted to the church. Those are both questions. Uh, It's about a 16-week series, but with me it could be 18 or 15. We'll see how that goes. And uh, our beginning text for today, which really sets the tone for the entire message itself and the other text we will use in the series, and I hope, and I hope it sets the tone for the rest of our lives, is Matthew 16, 13 through 18. It's a famous passage, that has regrettably been infamously misinterpreted. Uh, We'll see that in just a moment. 
But let's look at that passage together as we get started. Matthew 16, 13 through 18. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say that I am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, that's Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Only God can open the eyes of the sinner to see things as they are. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, and let's just stop right there, on this rock, not Peter, on this confession, on this truth that I am the Christ, the the son of the living God, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Today we begin a series on the church, meaning the whole church, the Christian church, the church worldwide, the invisible church, and also the church right here and right now. It's entitled Rethinking Church, Devoted to the Church. Those are two questions that all of us have to ask and answer in our own hearts and minds. Pivotal questions, because probably most of us really need to rethink the way we think about church. People have all kinds of opinions and takes on the church and the church in general. And as diverse as the church is, as the people are, and as diverse as human beings are with their fingerprints, you know, everybody has different fingerprints, they have different opinions about the church. And in our pluralistic age where supposedly uh, everybody's opinion matters, The fact is, not all opinions matter. Not all opinions are relevant. Not all opinions are true. Most are are wrong. And so today, rather than look at opinion, we'll look into God's word, the Bible. And as we do, we'll ask and answer three questions that are fundamental to understanding the church and this introductory sermon. And these three questions are, question number one, Whose church is it anyway? That's a loaded question sometimes. Question number two, just what is the church? And question number three, is the church a Christian country club or a Christian club of some kind? As a pastor and an elder, over the years, I've heard and read all kinds of things from good-hearted folks. Like, this is my church, which is usually followed by a demand or a rebuke. Or, my family is one of the founding members of this church, and I believe I ought to have a say. I remember thinking, founding member? You don't look a day over 1,967 years. Because the church was founded, right, shortly after Christ's resurrection. Or, I'm happy to serve, but only under these conditions and in these places. Well, today I'd like to start to address these perceptions, or some would say misperceptions, starting with our first of three questions, right? Question number one, whose church is it anyway? Or for some, the answer depends. Depends on what? Lots of things, 
but most importantly, like how you see Jesus or how you see God. Whose church is it anyway? Let's see. Let's look at Matthew 16, 17, and 18. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Whose church is it? Is it mine? Is it yours? Look again. Matthew 16, 18. I will build, I, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church. It's Jesus's church. And sometimes we forget that. I remember when I lived in San Gabriel, California, there was a progressive church nearby that held a baptismal service for pets, hoping to attract the interest to itself, trying to stimulate interest. After all, it had jettisoned the Bible and its denomination, like it, was dying. And so they were trying to figure out a way to make themselves relevant to the community around them. But once you understand whose church it is, you understand you don't have the right, you don't have any right to do something so blasphemous. You'd realize that. You'd never do something like that. But theirs was a desperate act to attract people to regain they'd lost over the last 50 or 75 years as they had jettisoned the Bible. But they forgot, upon this rock, I will build my church. And rock is a metaphor for foundation. And what foundation is this? It's the confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the promised one, the son of God, God the son. And with all the implications and applications thereof that go with it, this is a significant understanding. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If Christ is the builder, then the church will endure forever. It will survive any assaults, weather any storms, as long as she remains faithful. He will build his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, it's an interesting concept, the gates of hell. Here, do gates attack normally? When you walk by somebody's house, do the gates come out and get you like the neighborhood pit bull? Now, gates of hell also in those days spoke to the surrounding authorities, those in power where decisions were made. I mean, think back in our study of Ruth, right? And Boaz goes to the elders at the gate to redeem Ruth, to interact with the other potential kinsman redeemer. And everything is settled at the gate. Gates in ancient times, in Jesus' context, is where policies were made. And gates don't attack anything in reality. Policymakers do. You know, we went through that here with the attack on the church, right, by the Santa Clara County Health Officer. It took two Supreme Court cases to remind her that she was breaking the law, that, that what she was doing was immoral and untenable, and will never close again, I can tell you that, right? But gates of hell speaks to the authorities that surround the church. Remember, the church 
is like what they call in the military an FOB. And that's not free on board freight, that's UPS, okay? That's a forward operating base. We are surrounded by a hostile world that we're trying to help redeem. And the surrounding world sometimes attacks. And Jesus is saying that he will build, he will build his church and it will endure. It doesn't mean that the church will not experience hardship. I'm reminded as a student of history, in 1959, Russian socialist leader Nikita Khrushchev promised to use the government and all of its resources and policies to eradicate Christianity. He said he wanted to eradicate all forms, all hints of religion in Russia. He wanted to get rid of, to the point where, through the educational system, sound familiar, that there would only be one Christian left and they would put him or her in a museum so that people could come by and see what one would have looked like. By 1965, he had reduced the number of churches in the Soviet Union and Russia from 22,000 to 8,000. By 1989, he was long dead and had gone to his reward, and there was an evangelical Bible-teaching church in one of his homes. And the evangelical church has thrived in Russia ever since under great persecution. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus kept his word. Khrushchev, not so much. And history is replete with this. The Roman Empire tried to extinguish the Christian church. The Spanish Inquisition tried to extinguish the Christian church. The French Revolution tried to extinguish the Christian church. The Russian Revolution of 1917. The National Socialist Movement in Germany in the 30s and the 40s, World War II, tried to extinguish the church. Even now, the Chinese Communist Party has been trying to extinguish the church, as Mao did before them. And there are more Christians today in China than there ever were. And there are more Christians today in China than there are in the United States today. Cuba, Cambodia, Vietnam, Venezuela, North Korea. The track record of these people and their hope for a long and happy future is grim. Because Christ will build his church. And anything and anyone that stands in opposition to it will fall. God raises up kingdoms and knocks them down. And he raises up churches too and knocks them down depending on how faithful they are to his call. Surveys today, polls tell us that the church religion in America is in decline. It's dead in Europe and it's growing in South America and Africa even after COVID. Well, the decline of so many churches in America or the extinguishment during COVID isn't necessarily a bad thing. Many of them closed and they stayed closed for too long. Uh, many of them were drifting anyway. And we know about Jesus talking to the seven churches, right, in Revelation and snuffing out lampstands. Some forgot whose church it was. I remember in the New York Times there was an article about uh, would churches be open for Christmas Day? And it was an interesting article. It was pathetic, too, in many ways, because there were people saying, well, you know, the pastor, he needs to be able to sleep in one day. 
And some of the pastors said, you know, we'd like to spend time with our family on Christmas Day. Well, you were called, you were called to preach the word of God. And you know, when you think about holidays falling on Sunday, what about Easter? You know, maybe you took the wrong profession. And that's what you have vacations for, is to sleep in. And so, trying to give people a Sunday off to stay home with family... The church is, belongs to God. We come together on the Lord's Day, barely one day a week, to worship him. And we don't get to take a day off from that. You know, so many misguided but well-intended people, they, they want to build Christ's church. They think that it's up to them. Christ doesn't need them. He certainly wants them. He wants us. But he doesn't need them. He doesn't need gimmicks doesn't need kitty cat and dog baptisms which were not so heretical I would almost pay money to see somebody trying to dunk a cat or sprinkle it with water (laughs) but these people want to make God relevant Jesus relevant to sinners your job and my job isn't that at all it's to make sinners relevant to God it's to present the gospel to them so that they come to Christ That's our mission. Not make Christ and church relevant or convenient like the churches that were closed on Sunday because it was a Sunday and it happened to be Christmas Day. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not, will not prevail against it. There's another side to all this too. When you see that I will build my church, when you consider church And whose church is it anyway? I can't emphasize this enough. How you see, how you see the church tells me or others how you see Christ. It also tells Christ that how you treat the church is how you would treat Christ if he were here. Which brings us back to our passage and the question that Jesus asked his disciples. Who do people say the Son of Man is? And it said, they said, some said John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah. Others say one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you, who do you, who do you say that I am? This is a question that all of us have to consider as well as the implications of our answer. Simon Peter got it right. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Is this how you see him? Is it? Or is he one of the prophets, some resurrected prophet? Is he some teacher, some mystical holy man, some historical figure? When Simon Peter answered this, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. God gave Peter the understanding. And he says, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, on this confession, on this fact, on this truth, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Don't miss the relationships here between these statements and assertions. How you see Jesus. How you see Jesus determines 
your commitment to his church. Make no mistake, you can't love Jesus and not love the church. You can't value Jesus and not value the church. Who do you say that I am? Do you see him as a prophet or a great teacher? Who do you see him as? Is he your God? Do you see him as extraneous to your priorities and schedules, to your relaxation on a Sunday? Well, that's how you'll approach the church. If you see him less than he is. So take a moment right now and prayerfully ask him to challenge you, to clarify for you, whose church is it anyway? And how should I regard that church? By way of application, understand that the church doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Jesus. You belong to it. It doesn't belong to you because you belong to him. And secondly, respond accordingly. Maybe it's time to rethink church and your devotion to it. If you are not devoted to the church, then you are not. You are not devoted to Christ. Third, also, since it's not your church, give up any hope of making it relevant to the culture, of adapting to the latest fad. We don't have that right. It's not our church. We don't get to do that stuff. And on the happier, other hand side, remember this, that the life or death of a church, the life or death of the Christian church does not depend on you. So there's no need to tinker with it or his message. And so relax and enjoy your relationship to church. Tough times are going to come. Persecution will come as long as we are faithful. But remember this, he doesn't need you to make his church survive. But he wants you involved in that process, and we'll see that in a moment when we understand just what the church is. He says, I will build my church. And that brings us to the next question. Question number two. So, just what is the church? I mean, church, what's in that word? It is a loaded word. This word only shows up twice in the Gospels, Matthew 16 and Matthew 18. The English word comes from a peculiar choice of words that Jesus used when he's talking in Matthew 16 and Matthew 18. Jesus could have used the usual word for an assembly of worshipers, synagogue, from the Greek synagogue. It's like a word like synergy, where people come together. But he chose ecclesia. What? Ecclesia. Ecclesia comes from two other words. Ek, it's a preposition meaning out of or from. And kaleo, which is a verb, which means to call. It essentially means the called out ones. The called out ones. These called out ones are those raised up for a particular time in a particular place, for a particular purpose, to constitute and make up his particular church. You see, you have the church worldwide, which is all Christians everywhere, but in every place you have what some call a visible church or a particular church. They make up the family of God. As Romans says, they become children of God, and if children, then heirs, fellow heirs with Christ. They have been called out, selected, adopted. Adoption 
God has raised you up for such a time as this. I know Pastor John O talked about this last Sunday. Jesus said right to his disciples, I chose you, you did not choose me. John chapter six. What is the church? Well, you find a ton of metaphors in the New Testament for church. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408-269-4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.